It was March 2016, and as a family, we moved back into the manse after four years away on the mission field. And the house that we moved into was mostly empty. Sure, there were some things here and there, but it was largely empty. And it was only over the next few weeks and months as we bought couches and beds and the TV and kitchen stuff that we started to turn that empty house into a home once again, a fully furnished home. When the house was empty, it was hard to have guests over. There was a limit to how much the house was able to be used. There was nowhere to sit and eat or sit and talk. But once it was fully furnished, we loved inviting people into our home. And once these COVID restrictions have been lifted, we'll love having people over once again. Because there's something inviting about a fully furnished house, which is why being fully furnished is a marketable point for uh, rental properties. Because a fully furnished um, space can be used in its fullness right away. Now, as we keep going through Jesus' teaching on... uh, prayer in Matthew chapter 6. We're learning that prayer is not so much about asking uh, for what we need than it is about bringing ourselves into line with God's will. It's about submitting ourselves to him. The week, week before last we learned that prayer is about allowing God's gravitational pull of holiness to bring us into orbit around him. And last week we learned that through faith we, we can come into God's kingdom in a moment, but then we spend the rest of our lives allowing God's kingdom to come into us. This week we start looking at the first of three conditional promises. Great promises, amazing promises, astounding promises that speak to our deepest needs, but conditional promises nonetheless. And this morning we will learn that uh, our Father fully furnishes us. Our Father fully furnishes us. But the condition is that we must walk by faith. Next week we will hear this glorious promise that the Father forgives us, but, but the condition is this, that we forgive others. And then our final week in our series, Heart to Heart with Heaven, we will focus on the wondrous promise that the Father frees us. But there is a condition attached that we must follow him. So, number one, the Father fully furnishes us as we walk by faith. Number two, the Father forgives us as we forgive others. And number three, the Father frees us as we follow him. So this morning, let's zero in on this great promise that the Father fully furnishes us as we walk by faith. And our passage is Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, which says, which says, give us today our daily bread. Father, would you give us today our daily bread? Now, the first truth that we learn from this verse is that we need God. We need God, not the other way around. Psalm 101 verse 2 says this, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So look at your life right now. Where is your confidence? Where is your trust? Where is your hope? Because if it's in anything or anywhere else other than in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, then you're building your life on a foundation of sand. So the first truth was that we need God. 
And the second truth is this, that we need God now. As Jesus teaches us this prayer, it's like he places a boundary around what we are to trust him for. Jesus is is not asking us to trust God for our retirement or our kids at university or for next year or for next month or even for next week. Jesus is teaching us to trust God for our needs of this moment, to trust God for today. Why is this? Why does Jesus limit the amount he's asking us to trust him with to this this moment, to this 24-hour period? Here's why I think so. Because if we were able to get God to commit... uh, and promise to absolutely provide for us for the rest of our lives. And if we knew without a shadow of doubt, for absolute certain, that we would never have to worry about anything ever again, if we had that promise from God, then the first thing to go would be faith. Faith would be no longer needed. If our Father was to free you of any uncertainty in your future, then that is the moment that you would stop trusting him. A future absent of uncertainty is a life absent of faith. A future absent of uncertainty is a life absent of faith. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that, that, that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. James chapter 3, 13 to 15. And so the prayer that Jesus tells us is, Father, would you give us this day our daily bread? And then in the morning, I will come to you again and I'll pray, Father, would you give us this day our daily bread? And then the day after that, I'll come back to you, Father, and say, Father, would you give us today our daily bread? Jesus wants your faith not to be in your retirement plan, but in the God who provides on a daily basis. I learned that it costs about 250000 to raise a child from birth to age 18. $250,000. So if I was to go to my girls and say, here's $250,000 each, this is all that you will ever need to get yourself set up. You're now on your own. You never have to come back to me and ask me for anything. In fact, don't come back and ask me for anything because here's everything that you need. What kind of a father would I be? I love that my girls need me. I love that every day Wendy and I let them have three square meals and a roof over their head and a safe place and Netflix. Now, they don't ask for much, but when they do, I generally love it. Because when they ask me something and when they thank me for something, it's a reminder for both of us that we have a relationship. That we have a relationship of father and child. 
And it's the same with Father God. As a father, he's much more interested in a relationship with you than he is in setting you up for life so that you no longer need him. And so God says, you you can come again tomorrow and I will be here. And you can ask me again and I'll say yes again. I will meet your needs for daily bread. He's the father who gave the Israelites manna in the wilderness in Exodus chapter 16, one day at a time. Isn't that a glorious picture of God's faithfulness? That he's the God who will meet your needs each and every day. I wonder whether you really believe this. Friends, don't be like the Israelites in verse 20 of Exodus 16. Um, However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of the manna until morning um, and it was full of maggots and began to smell. Even those good things that God gives us, if we store them up and keep them to ourselves, then they rot and they no longer bring pleasure like they used to. We, We build up an immunity to this joy that we have from these things which we get from God. Someone who trusts God on a daily basis has joy like no one else. And they have stories. And in fact, I'd like to ask Wendy to come now and share a story about how God has provided for her. Let's welcome Wendy. I have two stories that I can think of that are that kind of pop out in my mind. I mean, God has provided for us over and over and over again um, in our lives. Um, but two really always jump out at me. One is when we were first married, um, Dan had come to Canada and he, he was an immigrant, so he couldn't work. Um, and so I, was, I found a job um, at a nursing home. I was only part-time. Um, and so I was working there. And we were, living, we were just married and we were living in a small apartment. And uh, we really didn't have a lot of money um, especially trying to make ends meet with uh, groceries and bills and all that kind of stuff. And I remember one time we um, had a hydro bill and we didn't have enough money to pay for it. And uh, we said, well, okay, God, you said that you're going to provide for our needs and so we're going to pray for it. And we, we prayed for it that week, the week that it was due. And then we went to the mailbox um, one day during that week and there was a check in the mail and the check was for exactly the amount of money we needed to pay our hydro bill. It was some random government check that they were paying us and we didn't even know what it was for, but it was exactly the amount of money um, that we needed to pay our hydro bill. So I saw God's hand at work in that. Um, And the other story is when we were on the ship, um, or actually we were in the Philippines um, while the ship was being uh, fixed, and um, we were there for a number of months and I hadn't brought very many uh, loose clothing. It's very hot. It was, you know, probably in the 40s with humidity and all that stuff. And I didn't, I only had one pair of capri pants, I remember. And uh, I thought, oh God, I need another pair just so that I can, you know, wash them or just have something else. And um, we were there for a number of months and I was, we were kind of 
I was looking around at the markets and stuff, and but I, in the Philippines, everyone is super small. <laughs> um, I remember a, a, a girl on our team. She she went to buy a bathing suit, and you know here she'd be extra small, and there she was extra large, and so it was just uh, it was just funny. And I was like, God, how am I ever going to find a pair of capris like that will fit me? And um, anyway, so it's really funny because I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll just pray about it, and I'll see what happens. And so. In the morning, so one morning I was doing my devotions and I prayed about God, would you somehow let me find some capris or could I have another pair of capris because it's really hot? And, um, and that afternoon we got a container, the ship got a container of mail, and usually it's only posted every four months where we get a big container and then um, the post is brought to the ship. And that um, afternoon, Dan brought back from the ship, he was working there, brought back to the ship, um, from the ship into the little place, little village that we were living in in the Philippines. And um, I opened this box, and inside this box, from my friend, um, was a pair of capris. And it was, so in the morning, I prayed for capris, and in the afternoon, I got capris. But God's timing in that of like four months ago, my friend putting it in a box and it being sent on a ship from you know Canada to the Philippines and me getting it that day that I said God you know I'm trusting you that you're going to give me the things I need it's just incredible so God cares about the even small things <laughs> in our lives Amen God fully furnishes us as we walk by faith now, I was reading Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, and as I was reading it, I asked God, I said, what about those who are starving in the world? What about those who don't have enough? What about those who are struggling to make ends meet? Is, is God not answering their prayer for daily bread? Uh, does God not hear them? And friends, this is not an easy question to answer, but as I read the Bible, here are some of the convictions which I have. Number one, God made the world perfect, which includes enough food for everyone. Number two, contrary to God's plan, sin entered the world and messed everything up. And number three, that we are broken people living in a broken world, and this world is now full of greed and broken systems and corrupt leaders and selfish people like you and me. I uh, read on the Oxfam website that the world produces 17% more food per person than it did 30 years ago. Yet one in seven people go to bed hungry every night. Food insecurity affects one in six children here in Canada. So what is the solution? Well, in the Bible, in Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 11, we read this. There will always be poor people in the land. Okay, there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. This is a key text. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. And through Jesus, we as the church mount invasions of hope into enemy territory. Through, through Jesus, we can start a revolution of open-handedness. You know, just look at World, World Hope Canada and their mushroom uh, cultivation project in Cambodia. As a church, we are part of that. Through you, we are, we are, we are helping families to, to have food in their homes and to, and to pay their rent checks. God's church 
is feeding the hungry. And that brings us really to what the crux of the issue is here. Here in our town, here in our community, here in our church, there are people who are praying Matthew chapter 6 verse 11 that God would provide for their daily needs. And like we heard from Wendy, God didn't just drop a, pa- a, a pair of, of trousers in her lap. Someone sent it, right? And so what if you were the answer to someone else's Matthew 6 verse 11 prayer? We don't see God most of the time dropping rent checks into people's laps or food packages straight from heaven into people's laps. He can. Sometimes he does drop manna from heaven, but usually not. Sometimes he can cause a raven to bring food to, to one of his prophets. He can do that. And we read about that in the Bible, but that's not usually how he works. He can miraculously cause a can of flour to replenish like he did in 1 Kings 17, but usually not. Instead, what God in his grace has provided us with is a new kingdom with new kingdom values. And this is a kingdom where we're not owners of stuff. Instead, we are, we are stewards of resources. We are not owners of stuff in God's kingdom. Instead, we are stewards of resources. Acts 4, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put them at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 35. Now, friends, I've never had anyone sell land that I know and bring me the proceeds as pastor. I don't even know what I would do if that happened. But I do know that when there is a move of God among his people, that that translates into generosity. Make the link here, folks. God's grace was powerfully at work in them, which led to there being no needy persons among them. Now, I know that God is doing a work among people's lives. You know, here at Cornerstone, I'm, I, I am aware of the generosity. And if this is you, then I then I thank God for you. But oh, that God would do a work like this among our whole church. God has given us enough, more than enough. And there are people who are praying to God to provide for their daily bread. What if you are the answer to that person's prayer? I mean, look at what the pronouns are in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Jesus doesn't teach you to pray, give me this day my daily bread. The word is us and the word is our. And a prayer that's prayed in community is answered in community. And so how can God give this person over here their bread that they need? How can he answer their prayer? By prompting you over here in your spirit to act and by you responding in obedience. It's that simple. 
But are you listening to the prompts of the Holy Spirit, allowing him to reveal to you whose needs he wants to use you to meet? Friends, God wants to use you in this way. And as we live this kingdom life of faith and obedience, we will be blessed. Paul's words in Philippians chapter 4 verse 15 in the New Living Translation say this. You were the ones who, or you were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought the good news and then traveled and then traveled on from Macedonia no other church did this verse 16 of Philippians 4 even when I was in Thessalonica you sent help more than once I don't say this because I want a gift from you rather I want you to receive a reward from your kindness verse 18 at this moment I have all that I need and more I am generously supplied with the gifts that you sent me they are a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God and this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Were you able to catch the logic there? Paul says that as God's people are generous, that God will supply all their needs. Okay, so I'm here with uh, a local businessman and friend and a, and a member of our church, uh, Mr. Jeff Shipman. And bass player, fantastic bass player. Absolutely. And, uh, and the question that I have for you, Jeff, is how have you seen God working uh, during, these, during these past few weeks of lockdown? I guess um, God has shown me a lot with respect to fear as number one. Um, been you know a number of dark dark days a lot of fears a lot of fears with respect to health concerns for my family myself my friends my church members um, difficult very difficult to overcome God just basically showed me after a lot of prayer and uh, talking to other people that I I need to surrender so he's, he's, he's taught me a lot I think about surrender, sur surrendering to Him, and I don't mean surrender in the in the sense of you know, okay, God, I give up. It's surrender more in the way of uh, surrendering my will and my life in faith to Him. Um, makes a big difference. I recently had a uh, somebody put a vision in my head that's really stuck there in terms of surrender. Uh, picturing it as like a uh, person going into a for a, a life-saving operation on the gurney when you go in and they put the the mask on you or give you the needle that's that's surrender that, that's surrendering your fate and your life to to whatever may come and uh, in hope for what will come out the other side so it's helped a lot thinking about surrender and and uh, you know what will be will be God will be with me no matter what also in terms of fear there's been a lot of fear for me in, in respect to finances how we'll get through it how my business will get through it how my staff will get through it I was very lucky that from the outset I was prompted uh, felt compelled to, to double down triple down on my on my offerings to the church and at every step 
every offering God showed me no problem he brought it back and multiplied it, in fact. Um, Dan asked me to do this yesterday, just as I was dropping off a, an offering to the church. And it's funny because it's kind of been over this whole thing, this last week has been kind of the toughest with respect to finances. Uh, but I went ahead and brought an offering anyway uh, and, and gave it to Dan. And he asked me to do this. I was considering begging off. And so I said, well, let me think about it. And I went home. As soon as I got in the door, my wife handed me a letter that was uh, an unusual refund uh, for the same amount, within $20 of what my offering that day was. So that's why I'm here today, <laughs> that I didn't beg off doing this. So my point is, is uh, at every step, uh, especially in terms of finances, God has just shown he's so faithful. Um, Stacy put it in terms in one email I read, testing God with our offerings, and uh, that's really true, I've, I've got to say. Uh, he's been so faithful there, uh, there's been absolutely no fear in respect to finances. Uh, what will come will come, but uh, God is, is truly faithful. God fully furnishes us as we live by faith. Friends, God looks at this world like a map and he sees where the hot spots of plenty are and he sees where the dark areas of need are. He sees your bank account and in Christ, God calls you to be his Western Union agent, redirecting his funds as he leads you. And this means that we've got to be listening to him, that we've got to be listening to his nudges, his prompts. Nathan showed me something this week. In the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew chapter 14, the food never started multiplying until the disciples started handing it out. Let me say that again. The food did not start multiplying until the disciples started handing it out. This is walking by faith, friends. Walking by faith. We cannot pray Father, would you give us this day our daily bread unless we are living in obedience? If we're hoarding everything ourselves, how can we ever create room for God to supply our needs and through us to supply the needs of others? Now, it's not an exact science, but I'd say a good number to start with is 10%, known as a tithe. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, for us as a family, when we get our paycheck, the first thing that we do as an act of faith is to give God our tithe, or really, it's, 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 it's his, right? And, so, and, so, and we've chosen to tithe off our gross, not our net. And in fact, God, God has led us to, 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 to more than tithe. And what I can tell you is this, is that God has never let us down. My friend, every time he gives, 
He says with a smile, it's almost not fair because I know I will get it all back. He knows how, how God's um, system works. He trusts in him and he sees all of the blessings and the benefits. He has, he has full confidence that God will meet his needs because his family has opted into God's supply and need system. God sees the need. God sees the supply. And God redirects resources as he sees fit by prompting his people in their spirit, including my friend. Next Saturday, in the Big Give, as Cornerstone, we are doing vital missionary work as we take money that you've entrusted to us. And we are redistributing it uh, to seniors and to frontline workers and to needy individuals. And we're excited because we're entering into God's supply and need system. We are, we are, we are moving ourselves into this place where we can answer someone else's prayer and we're trusting that God is leading us to the right people who need to know about our generous Father who loves them like crazy. Amen. When I read, Father, would you give us this day our daily bread? I see it as God's invitation to an adventure. I see it as a step of faith into kingdom living. Around this world, God's gospel is being preached. Souls are being saved. Missionaries like, like our Sarah are being sent. And communities are being transformed. And all because of God's supply and need system that he redirects the money as his people give. And so maybe you have a good job. And maybe this good job tempts you to give yourself all of the credit, right? I worked hard. Um, it's my job. I'm the one who passed, who, who passed the interview. I'm the one who's worked hard. I'm the one who's put in the time. I, I, I. And you risk falling into pride. Friends, if you have a good job, good money, then your number one temptation will be to say, I don't need God or maybe you don't have a good job. Maybe you have an unfulfilling job. Maybe you're on minimum wage. Maybe you're just scraping by. Maybe you have no, no job at all. If this is you, then your number one temptation won't be to say, I don't need you, God. Instead, your temptation will be to say, you don't love me, God. If you loved me, then you'd give me the job of my dreams. If you loved me, then I'd have the toys that my neighbor has. If you loved me, then I'd have the retirement plan of retirement plans. If you loved me, then I wouldn't have lost my savings. Friends, both I don't need you, God, and you don't love me, God, both come from a, a place, from a lack of faith. Feeling proud and feeling unloved are both wretched ways to live. And the answer to them is the same. Would you give us this day our daily bread? Friends, some of us right now are swimming in money. And some of us are barely making it. And the prayer that unites us all is give us this day our daily bread. Our Father is in the process of bringing his kingdom in its fullness to earth. One day we will see it when Jesus returns. 
But while we wait for that moment, God has set up a system whereby those in need trust him with their lack and those with plenty trust him with their surplus. A system where God uses the gifts from the rich to meet the needs of the poor and he gets all the glory. And so if you have more than enough, are you free to simply spend the extra on whatever you want? Maybe. Or is God prompting you to ask him, how would you like me to use this money? How can I use this money for your glory? How can I be the answer to someone else's Matthew 6 verse 11 prayer? If you're wealthy, don't say, I don't need you, God. Instead, trust God with your wealth and know the joy of watching him use you to provide for others. You might be the start of someone else's journey to faith. And friends, if you're in need, don't say you don't love me, God. Instead, trust God with your little and watch him meet your needs. God can work miracles. He can say to someone months ago to send a parcel that just arrives at the right time to answer someone else's prayer on the opposite side of the world. We serve a miracle working God. He's the God who can send manna from heaven. He can do that. But a miracle just as amazing is the person transformed by the gospel into a vehicle by which someone else's Matthew 6, 11 prayer is answered. Would you give us today our daily bread? Friends, this promise is for you this morning. Our Father fully furnishes us as we walk by faith.